Hi, I'm Daniel Lucas. And I'm Ms. NJ, and welcome to Music 101. Music 101 is created to empower music itself. Wow, Miss NJ, another week, another cheat chat. That's right, but unfortunately, this week it's a little sad. Yes, people. Uh, we lost one of, let's say, the best, right? Oh, uh, simply the best, you might say. Yes, simply the best. One of the legendary and one of one of the phenomenal singer of all time. I say of all of all time, right? Yep, of all time. So, with no further ado, Ms. NJ, can you tell us what we're going to talk about today? Okay, well, we're going to talk about Ms. Tina Turner, um, a total legend in everyone's opinion, I think. Her personal strength was remarkable, and she was resilience personified, you know, like she just faced so many things, and came through them all but i will tell you right now she died on the 24th of may of this year and i watched so many documentaries on her and read so much stuff on her and in her last um interview she said that she was at the happiest time of her life and that she was completely prepared and ready to to die when it was time how old is she she was 83 but she had been she was still like my mind is absolutely blown by this video that i watched of her today um doing proud mary live in 2008 i believe it was which and she had all the energy that she had when she was first starting out in 1960 with all her dancers and everything and she did this song better than i've ever seen in any of the other videos she danced just as hard she looked fabulous at 71 years old and it blew my mind like psh, destroyed because she was just incredible amazing right yep yep and they call her queen of rock and roll they certainly do, and for good reason. So tell us what are the good reasons why they called her queen of rock and roll. Well, that's a story in itself, but I'm going to start with a couple of the facts about her, if you don't mind. Her yes, real name um, is not Tina Turner, or was not Tina Turner. It was Anna Mae Bullock. Yeah, I, she was I, born I, November 23rd, 1939. Are they related to Sandra Bullock? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a thinking not. <laughs> There's no family resemblance whatsoever. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, her birthplace was Nutbush, Tennessee. For any of you who are a Tina fan, Nutbush, it will sound familiar because of the song Nutbush City Limits, which is one of her big hits. She was married, um, her first husband was Ike Turner. So you might remember the term, uh, the Ike and Tina Turner review that went for almost 20 years. 
She was married to him from 1962 to 1978. And then at the end of her life, she had married Erwin Bach from Switzerland. He was a producer from Switzerland and they were married from 2013 to 2023. And that's a great story in itself as well. Um, she had, uh, let me see, what was there? Four kids. I think it was five. She had Craig, Ronnie, Ike Jr. and Michael. I thought there was five because she had two. And then they had one between like um, her and Ike had a baby. No, she had one and then she had this, the baby from Ike. No, yeah, there was four. And then his two sons from his first marriage. And uh, she was a Sagittarius. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a pretty good sign. Because they're pretty determined, you know. Are you Sagittarius? No, I'm not. I'm a Cancer. I'm. I fall for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a big sucker, <laughs> and I cry wow. over lots of things. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't as much anymore. I have another phrase to replace the crying, and I don't think I need to say it. But <laughs> it yes. ends in the word "it." <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So Turner began her career with Ike Turner. Or mm -hmm. Ike Turner's band, King's Algorithm, in 1957. Mm -hmm. Under the name Little Anne. She yeah. appeared on her first record, Box Top, in 1958. And in 1960, he debuted as a Tina Turner with a duet single, A Fall in Love. I love that song. That's a great tune. The newer rendition is way better than the old one, in my opinion. But she, yeah, she updated it about 25 years later, and it was super, super cool. <laughs> <laughs> Can you sing for us? No, absolutely not. Not today. No, absolutely for, not. For the sake of... No, 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 no. For the sake of Dina Turner and for the sake of all your listeners, if you're not, if you're saying you want more downloads, stop making me sing. Maybe you'll get them. It's okay. like beating a dog with a stick. Nobody wants to hear it. Well, a, a fool in love was. It was released in Sue Records in 1960. Are, is it included in your uh, top? Six hit song of uh, Miss Miss um, Turner, "I Fall in Love." Yes, yes, it is actually. Okay, so I will I will not uh, discuss yet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So let's do like what else? So in 1980, Turner launched one of the greatest comeback in music history. Okay. Well, yeah. Can I give you a little synopsis of how it is that she got there? Because this is really the most important part about Tina. Yes, okay. All right. Well, the song Fool in Love, as I recall, was the song that got her started because there was a uh, recording session that one of the one of Ike's bands uh, of band members was supposed to be for there for. And he had already paid for it. Like Ike had already paid for it. And Tina was singing with the band, like like you said, as Lil Anne. And, uh, but the guy never showed and he, she said, well, can I give it a shot? And he said, well, yeah, I've already paid for the session. So she did the song instead. And that was a big hit for them. 
So then he said, okay, you can sing with us because she had been, it's kind of convoluted, but she had been, she'd known him for a bunch of years uh, because she had gotten pregnant with his, I think his bass player's baby. And Ike and this guy had been really good friends. And, but he kind of flew the coop before the baby was born. And I stuck around to kind of take care of her. So they were friends for about three years before they got romantically involved. And, uh, but in that amount of time, as soon as she started recording as his vocalist, because he really liked her voice, um, then he changed her name to Tina Turner and he copyrighted it so that she couldn't do anything with it without his permission because he was a real control freak and he was an abusive man. But she didn't know that yet. But as the years went by, they uh, he beat her up several times and treated her really badly. She said she felt like a prisoner all the time. She said there was a few good times that they had in their life, life together, but they were very few and far between. And then um, they ended up getting married and 62, I believe it was. Is that what I had said it was? Yeah, because she was married. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it didn't last all that long. It lasted till 74 or 78. But that the time on this marriage thing is sort of in the air because people say that they got married earlier. But she says that, as she recalls, it was like, the later 60s that they got married and in all the uh documentaries i watched it wasn't 78 that they divorced it was like 76 but they were doing like huge he had this big review going and they were playing vegas and all the big cities and all the big stars were following him around and uh but he had such an incredibly bad temper and he had he cheated on her all the time and he had gotten into cocaine, which was introduced to him by, and anyone who is a big fan of this man, don't, I, I, you never believe anything you read on the internet. Let's just put it that way. So if you don't <laughs> want to believe it, it's okay. Yes. But it was introduced to him by Elvis Presley. Oh, wow. But, but everybody knew that Elvis was a big drug user, you know. Anyways, yes. he got worse and worse. And one night when they had this great big show to do, and they got into an argument and she used to cry and do whatever she could to keep him from hitting her. But she said she couldn't do it anymore. And she fought him back that night, but he, he broke up her face really, really bad. And she left and she never went back. And she, um, she filed for divorce and within about eight months, it was final. And she just took off and she had her kids and she had to pay like she had to feed them and house them, but she wasn't working anymore because Ike was in control of everything. Like he had signed her name on everything. So there was no way she could get out of it. Right. So yeah. she had to do housekeeping and she did little crappy bars, just singing in them. And cause people really didn't know that much about who she was at this point, you know? And then, then now you can go to your 80s thing because this is where it catches up to. Yes. I just want to add that when they get divorced, uh, two years after her mother left the family, 
uh, her father married another woman and moved to Detroit. And uh, Tina Turner, her sisters, were sent to live with their maternal grandmother. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah when she was a kid. Yeah, out of I think that's when they were in in. Well, they left Nutbush and moved to, or was it Michigan or someplace? And that's where she learned to sing with the choir and such. Yeah. Yes. And so after that, uh, Miss Turner. Uh, at the age of 40, 44, she was the oldest female solo artist on the top uh, Hot 100. Oh my goodness. And her 1984 multi-platinum album, Private Dancer, contained the hit song, What What's Love Got To Do With It? I love this mm. song. Yeah, it's a good it's a good tune, that's for sure. Yes. She said that she hated singing it though because it just kept reminding her of what she'd been through. Yes. And won the Grammy Award for the record of the year and become her first and only number one song on the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah, you know, she won like 12 Grammys, I think it was, but for different in different categories, but only one for the top female vocalist um the other were for i know i gosh i've got so much information about her in my head that my head is just spinning you know yes. because i read and watched so much stuff um there was three for uh contributing to uh honors uh, first the first one was awarded rock woman um of the year uh and then she was awarded one for the most advanced rock woman in history with Pat Benatar, eight competitive awards. And then there was one other one for compilation or a duet, I think. It should say with your info because you always have to know the numbers because I, you know. Yes. And to me. You know that Turner previously held a Guinness World Record oh, for the mm. largest paying audience. Oh, yeah, that's right. Do 180 or 160,000 or something? 180,000. Wow. In 1988 for a solid performer. Imagine in the UK, Turner was the first artist to have the top 40 hit in seven consecutive decades she has yes amazing to me amazing seven decades seven do you know decades. how old you have to be <laughs> because to have started <laughs> you know i mean you can also she she could have her her first hit could have been at the end of one decade and the last one at the beginning of a decade but still that's still easily 50 some years you know Yes, she sold over 100 million records worldwide, mm -hmm. including certified RIAA album sales of 10 million. That's craziness. Yes. As of May 2023, Turner has reportedly sold around 100 to 150 million records worldwide. Yeah, I believe it. That's craziness, but I believe it. Boy, what what it would be like, eh? Yes. Turner won a total of 12 Grammy Awards. Yeah. These awards include eight 
competitive Grammy Awards. She shared the record with Pat Benatar, as you said, and Cheryl Crow. Oh, and Cheryl Crow too. Wow. Yes. And for the most uh, given for best female rock vocal performance, three of her uh, recordings riveted Mountain High in 1999, Proud Mary in 2003, and What's Love Got to Do With It in 2012 are the Grammy Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was inducted twice. In the Rock Hall of Fame? Yeah. Um, just for Tina, it didn't happen until 2021. But the first time, it was in 1991 with Ike. But she didn't go to accept it because she left him, of course. And she was living in Switzerland at the time. And Ike was in jail. So oh. neither of them showed up. Yeah, but she had no urge to go. She said, um, I'm in another country. Because she had moved by then. She left America and moved to Switzerland. And in... A certain amount of years, she decided just to have her her American citizenship like abandoned, and she became a, a what do you call it a a, a, a citizen of of Switzerland. Mm, okay, and Turner and Turner is the only female artist to have won a Grammy in the pop, rock, and R and B fields. Oh, yeah, she did it all, man. Yes, she did it. We're proud of you, Miss Tina Turner. Turner received a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Awards in 2018. Turner also won Grammy as a member of the USA of Africa and as a performer of the 1986 Prince Trust concert. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I find it funny that people go, oh, I'm so blown away that she died. Oh, my God, what happened? Well... Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I work at a, a, a retirement home part-time, <laughs> and it happens. Like, you just, people get old, yeah, and they pass true. away. They get to move on, sort of, you know? They that's, get to start true. anew, if that's what you want to believe, which is what Tina believed, was that in her next life, she said that she wanted to take all the knowledge that she had learned throughout her life, and apply it as a teacher in the next life. And uh, she also said that all the things that had been bad to her, uh, she was now the happiest she'd ever been. So she equated that to all of her suffering and hardship had come when she was young. And now in her old age, she was at peace with her life and thoroughly happy. Unfortunately, as of 2000, or like when she started, or by 2013, her health started to go, but she never had like issues with it, you know? Like she had a stroke in 2013, and she had just, it was about a year after she got married again to this Erwin Bach, who is, I guess, a fabulous guy, and I'll tell you why in a minute. He was a producer in uh, Switzerland for this, this album she was supposed to be doing and they were friends and then they ended up getting married 23 years later like they were together that long sound sort of like me and my husband only he's not a producer and i'm not tina turner 
<laughs> Although when I wake up in the morning, my hair looks exactly Being a the same. <laughs> um, but she had a stroke and she had to learn to walk again. And then in 2016, she found out she had intestinal cancer. And it happened mostly, she says, because she had really high blood pressure during that time. And so she went homeopathic and because she wanted to know what it felt like not to be on medication all the time because it slowed you down. It inhibited you. You know, you didn't think properly being on all this medication. So she says, well, I already know I'm, you know, I've got to die at some point. So I may as well go off this medication, see what life is like. But unfortunately, this medication with this cancer promoted kidney failure. And yeah. they said, you have to go on dialysis. And she was dying there, pretty sure she was going to be dead in a short amount of time. And her husband, Irwin, this is what makes him such a rock star, is he said, I went to the doctor, Tina, and he said that I can live perfectly fine with one kidney. So I want to give you my kidney. And she went, no, 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 you, you're young. Cause he was 16 years younger than her. And she said, you're a young guy and you should continue to live your life. And you're going to need both your kidneys for that. And she says, you'll get, it'll take a while, but you'll get used to me not being around. And he said, no, because she had already opted for assisted suicide when the pain got too much. And he went, no, no, I'm not done with you. <laughs> you have to stick around. So in 2018, he gave her a kidney. Um, but I think that only lasted so long because she was so old. And then just shortly before her death, she had back surgery because her, her spine was deteriorating. And uh, then she died in May. So it wasn't like it wasn't like she died because she was doing crack while skydiving or anything. You know what I mean? Like she was she was 83 and she'd had cancer and she only had one working kidney now, you know. And she'd had a stroke. This is what happens. The body. Yes, breaks down. yes. that's the process of life, people. That's right. It sort of sucks and it should go the other way. <laughs> yes. you young and energetic and well i mean we all think that we're 24 inside our brains and then on the inside our body is going are you out of your effing mind <laughs> <laughs> yes definitely so despite of uh miss tina turner product or being to a domestic abuse he was just him saying one of his songs that simply the best to overcome all those uh, hardships in life. Yep, for you, sure. Yeah, you simply the best. Like that. Do, 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 that's it. I can play it on the piano, but. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> I can play it on the piano, but it might be copyright infringement because I sound so much like a real piano player for her. Oh, wow. <laughs> no comment. So, yeah, no well, doubt on my little tiny sixty-six key, six key <laughs> I have a bigger, better one, but whatever. <laughs> yes, she was inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a duo with Ike Turner, or Ike, or the Ike, Ike Turner, Ike, Ike, Ike Turner in nineteen ninety-one. In two thousand five, Turner received. 
prestigious Kennedy Center honors by President yes. George Bush. And that was a great video as well. Oh, yeah. And commented on her natural skill and energy and sensuality and referred to her legs as the most famous show business. <laughs> oh, wow. it's true. It's true. She had fabulous legs. And there's a whole bunch of, uh, I have a whole bunch of quotes about her uh, that she had stated about, um, let me see if I can find them now, um, all these quotes that she had about her legs, about, I know I have great legs, but I can't remember <laughs> They were excellent. I don't know where they went. Oh, here they are. Oh, I got pictures of her on here, too. That's great. Oh, I've got so much I could have told you about this. I mean, like, there's so much it could take, like, six different episodes. But, uh, oh, here it is. I've always had long legs. When I was young, I used to think, why do I look like a little pony? Why did I fall so deeply in love? I think when you haven't had that much love at home and then you find someone you love, everything comes out those were two separate quotes by the way and i just read them like one <laughs> because people fell in love with me because i got great legs too but from the knees down well from the ankles down really but you know mm, yes <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> oh so miss anjay let's go to uh, the top six hit songs of miss turner or miss tina turner According to Miss Anjay. Alrighty. You ready for number six? At number six. Proud Mary. Wow. Now, the reason why it's number six is because, and I love the song, because my daughter was a vocalist as well. Um, and she used to do this song for years with her band, she did this song and her and I used to do it because I was a backup vocalist is really what I was back when I had a throat that worked and we did this and it was so much fun working with your kid. Um, but we did it so many times and I did it with so many other bands and she had so many other songs that I'd like people to experience. You know what I mean? Yes. And it didn't bring that feeling into my heart anymore like it did. Like, it's a lot of fun, and you like to dance and try to act like Tina Turner. But it's still a great song, and it should be left up to Tina Turner, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was uh, Tina Turner and Ike. Yeah, but the redos, like, I just... This is the one I watched this video on. It was done in 2013. Yes. And it was, no, 2008, I'm sorry. That's when she was 71 years old. And she has her dancers just like when she was in the Ike and, and Tina review. And the band was fantastic. It was a live concert. And to hear somebody sing like she did live at the age of 71 and dance. Oh, my God. I can't even get out of a chair without making sounds. And I'm nowhere near as old as she is, you know, and she is, she's doing her Tina thing, just shaking it all the way around and singing perfectly. Like she has more wind than I've ever heard for any woman who can dance and sing like that. And it was just amazing. You can find it on YouTube and it's called uh, Proud Mary Live. 
I believe, and it will say it was done 15 years ago. Oh my so, goodness. So, so please watch it. Yes, please do watch it and you will be amazed. Yes, absolutely. Amazed is, is the least of it. Yes. Yes, and it was released as a part of EMI Legend of Rock and Roll series in 1991. Mm -hmm. And in 2003, Rolling Stone magazine ranked the album number 212 on the list of 500 greatest albums of all time. I believe it. That'd be awesome. So Proud Mary, the best of Ike and Tina Turner features some of Ike and Tina's greatest hits from their formation in 1960 until their separation in 1976. And they say, Miss <laughs> NJ, that due to the license issues, the version of the River Deep and Mountain High on the album is not the original Wall of Sound production by Phil Spector. It is the rare recording produced by Ike Turner from the album Not Bosch City Limits, including our two additional and hidden tracks, which are our radio promotions for the album come together. Well, that was interesting, Daniel. <laughs> At number six, Proud Mary, and at number five, A Fool in Love, and it's the live version again. And as a rule, I'm not a big fan of the live version of anything, unless it's like Pink Floyd, <laughs> really. Um, but this was, again, an upgraded version, a newer one that was done, I think, in early 2000s. And it is such a great tune. It is such a great tune. Yes. It's indeed. so much fun and uplifting, and it's just a great tune. Yes, and it was released on Sue Records in 1960. And the song is Tina's first professional release, although she has been recording with Ike Turner and his Kings of Rhythm since 1958. It was the first national hit record for uh, band leader Ike Turner since the number one R&B hit, Rocket 88, in 1951. Yeah, that's the one that she went into the studio and the guy didn't show up, so she sang it. Oh my goodness, really? It was like, yeah, like a serendipitous thing, like a, a fateful thing, you know? Like yes. she was there to go listen and the guy didn't show and so that's what turned her into a, a singer. Yes, A Fool in Love is one of the first R&B recordings to successfully cross over to the pop charts and become a million-seller music journalist. Kurt Ladder deemed it the blackest record to creep into the white pop chart since Ray Charles' gospel-styled What Did I Say? Mm-hmm. Wow, amazing. So at the time, Ike and Tina are already separated. They've already, um, well, in 60, they weren't, they weren't married yet, but um, no, they, yeah, they separated or they divorced in 76. So, oh. and that's when she applied for, it was 75 is when she applied for the divorce. So, 
Yes, definitely. So, this is one of her best song or the first best song? It was her first song, really. Yes, definitely. And the genre is R&B. Number five, I fall in love at number four. Nut Bush City Limits. And it was redone later by Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band, who I was a fan of as well as a teenager. And uh, and he does a fabulous job of it. But hers is it's really good. Like, it's a really good song. That's all I can tell you. It's really up-tempo and it's cool. It talks about this little Bible Belt town and how there's only one stoplight and everybody goes to church on Sunday. Oh, what is it? They stay home every Saturday and go to church every Sunday. <laughs> That's my singing. But it's real rocking. Like she says that you got to, It's the song is about how you got to stay that type of person in the not bush city limits but when you step outside of it then you can be anybody i think it was a collaboration of ike and tina again yeah this not bush city limits yeah it was a great tune great tune well known early well known like a lot of people don't don't know because bob seeger made it pretty big with that they don't know that it was a tina song Oh, and, yes. she, and I think she wrote it, actually, because that isn't where Ike was from. So she must have written it. Yes, they say it commemorates her rural hometown of Nutbush in Hollywood County, Tennessee, mm -hmm. United States. Originally released as a single on United Artists Records in August 1973. And it's one of the last hits that husband, wife, oh, this is the last one. Before yeah. we get that husband's wife R&B duo I can in eternal release together mm -hmm. and uh, in the years since Nabu City Limits has been performed by popular artists such as Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band yeah Bob Seger Bob Seger sorry yeah and the Turner herself has recorded several different versions of this song mm-hmm why is it, is it uh, really popular? Yeah, it is. It's really quite popular. Not with the younger people because there's just too much good stuff that those guys are never going to hear because they're too busy listening to other stuff, I'll say. But <laughs> <laughs> but everything you got to remember, everything that's classic is also the, is the ground laying of all the music that goes ahead because there's only so many combinations of notes and and themes and such you know what i mean so everything is sort of being repeated which is not an insult to the last generations it's a, a compliment as long as they don't thrash it out you know they don't just turn it into garbage then that's good but it sounds this is one of those songs that doesn't sound much like anything i've heard lately yeah. but it's still a good old rock song Definitely. So, not boosted the limits at number four, right? Yep. At number three. Oh, anybody who's over 40 is going to know 
River Deep Mountain High. I'm pretty sure. And this was a vocal extravaganza on her part. Um, I, my best friend for life, uh, she's been able to sing this song since we met when she was like seven, six or seven. And she's been able to sing it so well. And every time I get her to sing something for me, this is what she'll sing for me because she knows I love it. And it's, yeah, River Deep, Mountain High. And you got to check it out. It's like a Celine Dion song, only hard kick and rock and roll. So can you sing the chorus? Nope. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You'd be more sorry if I did, I swear to God. <laughs> it was a collaboration with Ike and Tina Turner. Release on... Uh, Fearless Records or Fearless Records as the title track to their 1966 studio album produced by Phil Spector and written by Spector, Jeff Barry and Ellie Greenwich Rolling Stone Drunk River Deep Mountain High number 33 on their list of the 500 greatest songs of all time mm-hmm and NME rank hit uh, number 37 on their list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame added it to the list of the 500 songs. Yeah. So, like, if you're, like, an alien, like my husband, mm -hmm. because his belly button is in the wrong place, so I know he's not of this planet. Um, <laughs> and seriously, it's in the weirdest place. It's like just way too wrong it's way up too high anyways this would be a song that i'd say okay if you're looking to find out what earthling people listen to or what they would enjoy this is definitely a song i would point out because it's very high energy and it and it gives you hope and it's just you think you can sing when you hear it because you try to sing with it. everybody tries to sing <laughs> it's the funniest thing i ever heard really <laughs> So if you compare River Deep Mountain High to the Nutbush City Limits, what a big difference. Oh, oh Nutbush, um, it's a lot more, it's a lot, honest to God, I think people could even think that River Deep Mountain High was done by somebody like, I think Celine Dion redid it. And I think Barbara Streisand could have done it, you know, like it's that type of song, but it isn't like a ballad like that. It's a, it's just, it's just, I, what goes on inside my head doesn't always come out of my mouth appropriately. <laughs> um, but it's one of those things you just have to sort of listen to and let your brain wrap around it. And you'll find all the glory in this song. It is just very up-tempo and her, and her dance, you gotta watch the video because what's it worth to listen to Tina without watching her dance like she does, you know? Yes, definitely. It's something else. If you uh, see Tina Turner on the stage, definitely gonna dance and sing. Yes. Oh, yes. She doesn't, you'll never see anything like it. Yes. Yes. It's one of a kind performer. Mm -hmm. So if you uh, compare uh, Miss Tina Turner to Aretha Franklin. Um, 
I thought you were going to say Adele. Then I was going to say, I thought we discussed this. <laughs> I, can't, I can't compare any of these. They're all just Tina. And they're all just phenomenal. That's all. Yes, they are phenomenal people. So at number three. River Deep Mountain High, baby. Yes. River deep, mountain <laughs> Then it goes higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. Okay, at number two. <laughs> All right, my number two is, you better be good to me. Baby. I don't know if she says that really, but I like I like the fact that I was, because I, I had to cough and my throat was a little raspy like hers. Hers is like a like a grungy sound like she has this scratchy sound yes yeah but it's called you better be good to me and i think it came from private dancer i believe yeah it did yeah in 1984 i had the album and it was a great album better I be good I... you better be good to me and it's about that she's singing to this guy because she's been through everything, you know, that she's been through. She was, like, beaten up so badly. She was hospitalized a bunch of times. And she kept going back because she didn't know how not to. And, uh, you know, a victim of her past. Her parents were the same way, I guess. And uh, so, but when she finally left, she went, this will never happen to me again. And I am worth so much. And I do so much for you that you better be good to me. Because I will come back with a vengeance. So the, uh, it's different from the song "Soon You'll Be Get Better." I don't know. I don't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard that one. <laughs> is that better be good to me? Is that, but yeah. said you get the better. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's about it's about her kind of coming through this all, and how she isn't going to take anybody's crap anymore. Because it will be their loss, not hers, you know? Which yeah, we should all take them out. I'll just all take them out. I'll snap like a, no, I'll snap you like a twig. And <laughs> <laughs> How does that saying go? My husband used to say this. He'd say, I got so mad at him. I, I what is it? I'll snap. I'll kill you like a twig and snap you <laughs> or some stupid thing. I don't know. We used to oh laugh. Oh my goodness. Because he's not a violent man, but you know, yes. he thinks he is. But he said it's a solo record uh, by Tina by the 1984 private dancer. And it released a single in August 1984. Oh my goodness. The song was originally recorded and released in 1981 by the Spider and Bam from New York City that featured co-writer Knight as a member. Why it was banned? Be, uh, they, she probably had to change, like it was probably some of the, the wording in it, you know? Mm, yes. And, yeah, and, and it was, they if somebody else had done it, then they, they probably had different lyrics somewhere. You know what I mean? Like something that wasn't quite as appropriate. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, what is it? 
Turner version was successful in the United States and peaked at number five on the Billboard Hot 100 and number six on the Hot Black Single Chart. Yeah, she was. She sold a lot of records, a lot more in the UK than she did in the United States, and she liked Europe a lot more because, like she said, in in the states they saw her as a black vocalist instead of just seeing her as who she was, just a person, just another sing like a singer. But they they kept thinking, well, she should be doing the old blues and she should be she shouldn't be doing rock you know she said she got that attitude a lot and it really pissed her off because she was just like anybody else she her color shouldn't have played into it at all yes and mm -hmm. at the 27th annual grammy awards in 1985 it won best rock vocal performance female one of Four Grammys awarded to Turner's private dancer album at uh, that ceremony. Yeah, that album was a good one. It really brought her back. She became like she didn't just come back with that. She just kicked ass with that, you know. And everybody, she then she did concerts. Her and Cher were really good friends. She did concerts with um, Mick Jagger and David Bowie and like. Queen, she just worked with everybody after that because they, they saw her as such an icon. Yes, and the song was also included in the Miami Vice soundtrack. Okay, at number two, better be good to me. And of course, we are now at number one. The song is, and you'd never guess it, Simply the Best. Simply the Best. And, and, but there's a reason for this. Now, I was in a group. I was a backup singer for, I did lots and lots of act, like work all over the place. And myself and this girl named Heidi Bridson were the backup singers. And we were called um, Touch of Elegance. Our producer and our, our agent was, they were weird people. Anyways, um, they, but we sang for a group called STB, called Simply the Best. And it was a guy and two girls who had excellent voices. But they sang, like, they could sing together. But most of them, they did, like, one person, one girl did something. Then the guy would sing a song. Then the other girl would sing something. Then they'd sing some together. But we did backup for all of them all the time, right? Like, there was always, like, five parts of harmony and stuff. And um, I got really tired of the song because they, they ended with it every single night. And I loved the, the job because everybody was so much fun. But the song got old. And then I started watching a Canadian comedy on CBC called Shit's Creek. Because I'm Canadian. And I loved that show. Like, I went, oh, God, I hate Canadian TV. And I'm sorry to say it, but I did because... If you weren't Jane, um, what was her name? Jane Westwood. I didn't think that there was anybody that good from Canada. and <laughs> Or Jane Eastwood. And she was, she was a fabulous actress. And then I saw the Schitt's Creek because it had Eugene Levy in it and his son, Daniel, 
who had written it and he got him and his dad and Catherine O'Hara and then the girl who played and I should know her name I'm sorry I don't um, fabulous actress and the show was hilarious the best show I think best show I've seen for comedy out of any country at this point and in the middle of the series they, uh, Daniel plays David, who is the son of Eugene Levy. And he has a boyfriend named, I can't remember now. It's been a couple of years. And he says, I'm going to sing at our store opening. And D David is horrified because he's from New York and he's like from money. And he's all enchanté and, you know, like everything is so top-notch and perfect and everything and then he's in this living in this crappy little town called Schitt's Creek and his boyfriend decides he's going to play this at their at their boutique opening and he picks up a guitar the guy who plays his boyfriend and he does this he does simply the best acoustically and it is it just made me cry it was so incredibly good and I had no idea this actor could sing like this or play guitar like this. And so I looked him up and he's like huge, hugely got music, all of the internet and stuff. And, and he has albums out. It's just that I'd never heard of him. And he's so incredibly talented and he did the most beautiful kind of folk version of this song. And then at the end of the, of the, show like that show that episode daniel or david his character decides that he's so honored by what his boyfriend did for him that he they put on the tina turner version and then he lip syncs it and dances for him and it is just so heartwarming that even my husband shed a tear so yes and the album turned as big a seller in the uk where it sold 2.1 million copies. It was certified eight times platinum in the UK and stayed on the UK charts for over 140 weeks. The album sold over 7 million copies worldwide. Yeah, it's a fabulous tune. And it's such a great love song, but it's not a slow love song, you know? It's a, it's a pop rock, right? Yeah. Yeah, but it's a fabulous love song and the production that's the thing that makes me love a song is the production because you can take any piece of garbage and just it can just float like it like crap does on water you know or you can take something and make it a piece of like a work of art and that song wasn't garbage the writing was great but the same the same thing applies you can take a great song and destroy it by having horrible production but everything just fell into place with this they did just the right things with this yes definitely miss Andy. so let's so number one simply the best so let's do the recap of our uh, top six Miss Anya hit songs of Miss Tina Turner at number six. Proud Mary. Oh, at number five. A Fool in Love. At number four. 
not push city limits. Number three. River Deep Mountain High. At number two. You better be good to me. Baby. Baby. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll see if her producers will let us put baby in there. <laughs> At number one. Simply the best. At simply the best. Oh, thank you, Miss Turner, for all the songs that you produce, all the songs that you sang. We are very grateful that you contributed in the music industry, and you are one of the phenomenal that uh, in our generation, two generations to come, will adore you. And may I add, she also, with her memoirs, she wrote some pretty excellent books about how to survive abuse and how to get out. And that's, she's contributed hugely to women in bad situations. You know, she's contributed a lot of help and concepts to them. Yes, we salute you, we adore you, and definitely we will gonna miss you. Oh, for sure. But you know what? We all got to sleep sometime. And that's how she thinks of it is she'll be back. So in you another, might end up with Tina Turner as your teacher someday. Yes. In another form of that's life. Right. <laughs> so people, before we go on, I'm inviting you to listen to my other podcast, Food 101, our third season with Chef Alessandro, one of the executive chef in one of the five-star hotel in downtown Toronto. And we are so very grateful because we are got our one million downloads, people. Plus one more, I have this coming uh, podcast, this uh, month of June, Comedy 101 with Mike Lucas, one of the best comedian of all time. So please do check uh, my podcast and upcoming podcast. So Miss NJ, what else you can say about Miss Tina Turner? Well, that she just rocked and um, she, she may have suffered at the end of her life, but you know what? She was happy and that's all that really matters is that she accepted where she was and she was a total rock star. Nobody will take that place. Nobody will take the place of Tina Turner. Nobody will replace her people. That's from right. the from the bottom of our heart. She will be I'm, the queen of rock and roll. And may she rest in peace. And rest in peace. This episode is paying tribute for Miss Tina Turner. Yes, it is. And as Daniel just stated, he just made a million dollars. <laughs> so you should be his friend. Or was that downloads? I can't hear very well. <laughs> downloads. Oh. He keeps rubbing it in that he's not getting he's not getting that many downloads with our show. So please, all you ladies out there, please download. Download, please, for the sake of an old woman. <laughs> Don't just ignore him just for the sake of the woman. Because I got some secrets for you about Daniel. Oh my God. Not a problem. Yes. Let's support <laughs> and, 
Music 101 people because this podcast is created to empower music. That's right. More to come, people. See you soon. More to come, people.